Welcome listeners. I'm so happy to be with you and happy to share all of the wonderful principles of Ayurveda in this, my first podcast season. So far, I've presented the history and the meaning of Ayurveda, the building blocks or the elements that create us all, the constitution we are all known for or our inherent nature, and the doshas that make up our inherent nature. I've introduced the concept of excess and fire or transforming energy and the three major universal energies or gunas that move us to behave in a specific manner. I've also explained the role of the mind and how our inputs, impacts, and immersions regulate a healthy mind. And last week I gave a good overview of the sense organs and their role in creating our judgments and justifications and ways for harmonizing the senses. If you've been following along, bravo. And if you still have some catching up to do, no worries. I always reference the episode details that are important to understanding the topic at hand. Today, I'll be introducing the concept of time in Ayurveda and what it means for our routines. The daily and nightly routines, the seasons, and our phases of life are all affected by time, or kala, as it's called in Sanskrit. Kala is letter K on our Ayurvedic alphabet journey. Welcome to your journey on Wellness Way. My name is Kim Lewix. I'm a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance and a certified Ayurvedic wellness counselor. On this podcast, we will discuss ways for enhancing our health through nutrition, fitness, aromatherapy, bodywork, daily routines, and the general connection of mind, body, and spirit. My goal is to share my past and current explorations in the systems of yoga and Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional science of life, to create more joy, more vibrancy, sustainability, and longevity for ourselves and for our community. Please join me on Wellness Way. Ayurveda's goal is to achieve, maintain, and preserve our health and prevent disease. Prevention is the key in Ayurveda. In order to prevent disease or dis-ease, we need to create balance by moving with the flow of nature in order to harmonize our tendencies. We all have specific tendencies or doshas as I explained in episode number five. And it's important to identify your tendencies in order to begin to balance them. Hopefully you are already familiar with your own basic dosha energies. If not, please go back to episode number five and get some more information on that. These tendencies or inherent qualities are affected by the hour of day-night, the rhythms in nature, which are the seasons, and they're affected by the phases of our lives. Therefore, time is a key component for balance in Ayurveda. Time, or kala, 
K-A-L-A, as it's called in Sanskrit, is the cyclic remodeler of our lives. We are greatly affected by the daily cycle of darkness as it transitions to light. We're also affected by the change of seasons. And we're affected by the various phases we move through during our life. I will soon talk of the specific lifestyle routines of Ayurveda, but for now, I'd like to introduce time as it relates to the doshas or the functional energies of vada, pitta, and kapha. We'll begin with how we negotiate time through the 24-hour clock cycle. The ideal time for waking per Ayurveda is known as the Brahma Muherta, or the most auspicious time, which is traditionally one and a half hours before sunrise. For a householder or one who has family responsibilities, you can redefine this period to at least a half hour to an hour before sunrise. And the reason this is called the Brahma Muherta is because it's the sacred period during which the sattva guna is most prevalent. Remember, the sattva guna holds the energy of illumination, peace, and clarity. The quality of sattva is harmony and balance. It directs energy upwards, and it's positive and inspiring. So this time period, let's say it's approximately 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., depending on the season and your location, it's the best time for meditation and study because the mind is most alert, focused, and peaceful with its sattva energy. In addition, the noise pollution factor at this time of day is the lowest, and the level of oxygen is known to be at its peak. Along with the approaching sun rays, all of these conditions combine to create the most positive of energies at this time, so that one can receive and retain inputs most effectively. After the Brahma Muherta time frame, Kapha energy begins to accelerate. Between the hours of 6 a.m. and 10 a.m., the quality of heaviness comes to the forefront. This early morning time is the best time for exercising to balance Kapha's quality of inertia. And post-exercise, your cortisol levels will climb, and this increase in positive stress can also help to balance Kapha's sedentary tendencies. And since kapha time is when you're feeling your most strength and stability, it's another good reason for doing your physical work in this early morning phase. On the other hand, that slower quality will also translate to the digestive system, so it's wise to take a lighter breakfast during those hours between 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. In the period between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., The fire of Pitta is king, and the power of digestion is at its peak. Taking a good-sized meal around noon is going to provide you with the greatest digestive assistance, and it will be the most effective time frame for nourishing the body. The midday period of Pitta is also a good time for productivity and accomplishing things because Pitta has that intense energy quality to it. After 2 p.m., And before 6 p.m., the body is capable of great creativity as the expansive and lighter 
energy is highest in this phase. Therefore, the afternoon is best for planning and developing ideas. But you need to keep the fluctuation and the fleeting Vata quality pacified by staying calm, warm, and grounded during this phase. And then the cycle repeats itself. Kapha returns between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. Therefore, the dinner should be light and early because the kapha heaviness and inactivity increases as the night approaches. It's best to take your dinner right around or before the time of sunset to maintain your digestive fire. Just keep in mind that the metabolism slows down when the sun goes down. And following a light meal, allow your body to release and begin to relax by doing calming activities that can prepare your body and mind for sleep. And I've already spoken of the importance of going to sleep around 10 p.m. This is the beginning of the second phase of Pitta, and an important one for digesting not only your food, but all of the inputs of the day. Our bodies need this process of transformation and conversion to manage our lives properly. And if you aren't sleeping before 11 p.m., the GI system starts to activate again and you become hungry. And that's the reason for those midnight snack cravings. Between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m., the Vata phase returns. If your Vata energy is high, you may experience periods of waking during this time. 3 a.m. is the time when insomnia is most common. So day and night cycles are at the heart of Ayurveda. Let's take a closer look at this. Maybe you've heard of the circadian rhythm. This is a natural sleep-wake cycle that's stimulated by the brain. As darkness starts to approach, the pineal gland located deep within the brain produces a chemical change that initiates the feeling of sleepiness. And conversely, when the light approaches in the early morning, the same sensor will detect this light and begin to awaken the body. It's your built-in alarm clock. Researchers published in the Journal of Ayurveda and Integrated Medical Sciences reported that the disruption of these circadian rhythms can lead to digestive disorders, including reflux, ulcers, inflammatory bowel issues, irritable bowel disease, and gastrointestinal cancer. When food gets the correct timing for digestion, it can assimilate properly, and positive health is the result. Because the systems, the digestive systems, also have intrinsic rhythms that interact dynamically with our circadian rhythm. Food appears to trigger specific circadian rhythm oscillators. And these oscillators are also known as hunger hormones. And they trigger and balance our feeding cycles. These same authors reported that unhealthy patterns of sleep, which include improper timing, excessive sleep, diminished sleep, or cessation of sleep, etc., are triggered by improper circadian rhythms. And I spoke of the importance of sleep 
in episode number 10. So when properly followed sleep patterns, a circadian rhythm can promote consistent and restorative sleep. But there's an imbalance in this rhythm. When there's an imbalance in this rhythm, it can create significant sleeping problems, including insomnia and many physical and mental health problems. Other researchers, in their publication, Concept of Lifestyle and Ayurvedic Classics, from the Global Journal of Research on Medicinal Plants and Indigenous Medicine, have proved that a gut-brain endocrine access exists, which involves specific hormones, insulin, and neurons, and the improper diet patterns and disturbed sleep patterns can cause a disturbance in this access and lead to diseases such as obesity and diabetes. And these are the more common lifestyle disorders with this imbalance. So a healthy circadian rhythm, which is instilled by honoring the cycles of nature that we talked about, is integral to our health and disease resistance. Not only should we be following a good daily cycle, in Ayurveda, the time of season is another important component to balance for our health. And like we change our clothing for the season when the weather becomes cooler or warmer, we should consider changing our diet and activities according to the season to maintain a wholesome balance. In the U.S., we generally observe the four seasons fall, winter, spring, and summer. But it's not just the calendar that determines the change of seasons. It's the nature. There are many seasonal variations within our 50 states and all over the world. Summer can last longer in some areas than than others. For example, in my state of Arizona, a typical summer with 80 and above degree averages can begin in April and continue through October. The one thing that does signify change regularly is the orientation of the earth in relation to the sun. This event triggers two major shifts that divide our year into two turning points, the winter solstice and the summer solstice. The winter solstice is the point at which the time of day is shortest and the summer solstice is the time when the daytime is longest. According to Ayurveda, these periods determine our energy patterns. During the period between the winter solstice and the summer solstice, which is approximately December through June, this is the point when the daylight is increasing. Ayurveda calls this time the Adana or accumulation period. And during this time, the heat or pitta energy is increasing. We become more active, yet the sun takes the energy away from our bodies and our strength is lower. Our tissues are depleting and our immunity is decreasing. During the period between the summer solstice and the winter solstice, which is approximately June to December, when the daylight is decreasing, 
Ayurveda calls this the visarga period, or the releasing time. And it's during this time, the cooling or kapha energy is increasing. We become less active, yet the moon supplies energy to the body and our strength is higher. Our tissues begin to build and our immunity increases. And by the way, this is known to be the best time for conception or childbirth. So now I'd like to break down the typical seasons and look at a bit more closely at their particular energies in terms of the northern hemisphere. Fall and early winter are known as the Vata season. This is the time of letting go and cooling down. A drying out occurs and one should be more mindful to balance this season's qualities, especially if one is Vata predominant. In September through October, the Vata energy begins to accumulate and by November and December, the qualities of cold and dry will be at its highest, which can bring aggravation to the system. Eating warmer and moist foods such as soups, stews, pastas, and gravies can be beneficial. And heavier foods such as nuts, butters, milks, and cheese counteract Vata's light quality that also begins to accumulate during this time. In general, sweet, salty, and sour tastes are best. And herbal teas with cumin, mint, fennel, and ginger can be balancing during this time as well, and depending on your specific dosha. Kapha then takes over in the months of January and February when the snows accumulate. The aggravation of kapha is in full force as these snows begin to melt and spring comes from February till May. So to balance, one should cook foods by baking, broiling, or grilling and use pungent spices and foods with the qualities of hot, dry, and light, such as barley, rice, and mung beans. This winter-spring season is a great time for exercising more due to the abundance of the heavy quality from kapha energy. Plus, it's also a time of higher metabolism, strength, and energy. It's a good time to work on pranayama exercises as they can strengthen the respiratory system because this springtime is also allergy season. And in general, kapha energy presides in the lungs. As the weather grows warmer, pitta time approaches. And of course, its energy is magnified when the heat of summer is upon us. Selecting foods that are more sweet, astringent, and bitter is good. Fruits and yogurt in the form of drinks or lassies, lime, coconut water are all good for offsetting pitta's summer heat. From June to mid-September, our energy is depleted quickly, so exercise should be limited and never performed during midday, especially in the warmer climates. Try to take the morning time for any heating activities, such as cooking, exercising, or even massages, which can be stimulating and dehydrating. 
Although each season's tendencies should be considered, the most critical time for balancing is during the change of seasons, when the functional energies or doshas can most easily accumulate. It's the reason that Ayurveda encourages detoxification or cleansing practices at this time. Cleansing practices can help to rid the body of the accumulated dosha qualities. Fall and spring are the most common times of the year for cleansing or detoxification. Fall is a time for releasing the accumulated pitta, dosha, energy. And spring is the best time for releasing the accumulated kapha, energy. This period of change between the seasons is called rutasandhi in Sanskrit. And it's the root or seasons, sandhi or joint, which is a period of about eight days before the end of one season until about eight days after the next season begins. A change or cleanse is made to counteract all of the seasonal qualities that our bodies have experienced, which could accumulate and become disease. On a broader scale, the time of our life phases is also a pattern that we should honor and try to balance. The life cycle can also be defined by the functional energies of vada, pitta, and kapha. The kapha phase of life is from birth to puberty, during which our bodies are growing and developing, and nourishment is key. This is also the time when respiratory issues and allergies can develop. The pitta, or fiery time, is from puberty to age 55 or 60. This is the phase of life when we're transforming and converting ourselves, and there is high energy or fire being cultivated for building a career and possibly starting a family. We tend to stay up later, eat more, and there's generally more stress in our lives during the pitta phase. As we approach the age of 60, the body becomes drier and more variable with big changes in structure and physiology. For example, our bones become or can become brittle and our skin and hair may become more friable. And we tend to experience more digestive and sleep issues as we approach this vada phase of life. So during these phases of our lives, it's important to consider your innate energy or dosha. If you're a kapha, for example, the younger phase of your life may need more balancing because you might be prone to more respiratory illnesses and allergies. However, as a kapha-predominant person enters into the pitta phase of life, especially if you're a woman, you probably will have an easier time, for instance, with your cycle, and you may not experience as many issues with PMS because your kapha energy can balance the heat and irritation which is associated with this phase of life. To wrap things up, I'd like to reiterate that understanding the time cycles of our day and the changing seasons 
and the phases of our lives all help us to understand ourselves and what we need to do to balance the accumulation that we may collect and prevent disease. Fine-tuning our energy with the changing times is a primary disease prevention technique of Ayurveda. And I'd like to leave you today with a wonderful quote that I found about flowing with the rhythm of nature by Elizabeth Town. All nature works and then rests, works and rests. I caught its rhythm and worked and rested with it. When I felt that inertia stealing over me, I rested. And while resting, my power recuperated. The tide rose in me. Next time, we'll look at some specific lifestyle routines to keep ourselves swimming with this beautiful current of life. Thanks for joining me today on Wellness Way. Mm-hmm.